You're listening to Adam Air, MD, GED, Underground Cartoon Therapy. What's up, guys? Got a fucking special fucking little treat for you today. Special guest, Joe V. Hill. Comic extraordinaire. Also known as the Antichrist of comics. <laughs> I don't know, there's a couple of us Antichrists in comics these days. But, welcome Joe V. Hill. You may know his brother, fucking Tim V. Hill, who did Faust. The comic book sensation. With the Fritz Whistle comic. That was also a collaborative effort with Joe V. Hill. Well, Joe V. Hill's a fucking cool-ass motherfucker. It's an organic show. (laughs) He definitely plays along, and the guy likes edibles. Well, that's a fucking good start, right? Seeing how we're all stoned around here. And if you're not fucking stoned, you're probably on the wrong fucking show. What can I tell you? Straight-edge motherfuckers never really make it. Sorry, Steve. No. (laughs) Anyway, guys, I want to welcome... Joe, he's going to talk about his history in comics, what he likes, what he doesn't, his time in the Air Force. There's a lot of shit here, dude. <laughs> this is from the fucking band Faust. All right, guys, hang out. Try not to shit yourself, and if you start drooling, the cups are in the cupboard. That's right, motherfucker. Good, man, because you're on a punk rock show, and uh, you guys are too. Uh, welcome to Adam Air MD GED, Underground Cartoon Therapy, Episode 3, Season 4, which would really be Episode, what, 75? Holy shit, dude. I got no fucking life. Anyway, welcome to the show. Um, I'd like to introduce you to the uh, Antichrist of comics, the self-proclaimed antichrist of comics, Mr. Joe V. Hill. It's a pleasure and honor to have you, sir. How you doing out there tonight? Hey, did we lose you? Hello? Hey. Nope, I'm here. <laughs> if you don't mind speaking up a little bit, uh, that'd be cool. How's that sound? Better. <laughs> you smoke weed? No, but I take uh, edibles. Oh, yeah? What what kind of uh, edibles do you like the most? I like the... They've got these uh, chocolate... I don't... Everybody likes gummies, but the gummies don't seem to do much for me. Uh, the, uh, I like the salted caramel uh, ones. Mm. They have, like, these little bricks. You break them up. Those are good, man. Yeah. Man, I would be chowing on them, but they, edibles drop me too hard, dude. I don't know what it is, man. Well, that's why I, I take them before I go to sleep for pain. Yeah. Me, and man, I go out like a light. It's awesome. Do you mind talking about your knee, or you're like, fuck that? <laughs> I heard it in football when I played football, and uh, I've had five operations on it, so I don't do any more operations. That's it. Uh, but 
it, especially in winter, it, it, it acts up. But like I said, I take these uh, edibles, and they're awesome. They put me out. I'm going to have no pain at all at night. Shit, I'm a believer. I want to put some money into that stock. I don't blame you. That sounds great. Right now, I'm smoking uh, some flour. Uh, and tonight's episode is brought to you guys by White Buffalo. Uh, third, uh, what did I pay? 20, 28 bucks for an eighth out the door. It's like 22%. It's not bad. I'm like, you know, low ball on it right now on the percentage. Usually I'm at a 25, 26% THC level, but, uh, taking it a little easy right now. So. Yeah, I gotta find out. I gotta uh, learn about, I gotta start studying on THC and all that. Cause I just bought them off the cuff from this place and they work. But I had taken CBD, and that didn't seem to work that well. Yeah. Uh, I've heard that before, too. Tommy Chong said that. He said CBD. He said something like CBD wasn't really working out. No, yeah, I have to have the THC in there. It really, that helped. Yeah. CBD? Yeah. So, That's I good. don't know much about it, but I will learn. <laughs> well... <clears throat> If you ever do uh, any more studies on it, and you and you whatever you learn, you're welcome to come back as a guest anytime. And, oh, all right. Uh, yeah, I've been following you and your brother since I was uh, 19 years old, man. Wow, shit! That means I'm uh, old. It means you're fucking old. <laughs> it means I'm fucking old too. Because <laughs> that was ancient age ago. Seven, eighty-eight, eighty-nine is when I did dog. Mm-hmm. Because gunfighters, I didn't get to gunfighters until nineteen ninety-one. I think that's when I got in was gunfighters. That was like my that was like ninety-one, and was Faust already out? Is that what happened? That's right, dude. Oh, man, I love that. I loved it. I should have done that as a book. I liked Fritz. But, uh, yeah, so I did those. And then Tim, uh, he's pretty much the one who got me into comics because I just did private paintings up until then. I didn't do comic books or anything. I was wondering about that. I was wondering, you know, who made who, you know, uh, <laughs> who got who in the you know, the comic thing, so. He got me into this. I, I, he, I used to do comics when I was little. I mean, I, since I was five, six years old, so I would do a page, and then he would do a page. We, that's how we traded off doing comics. I would do a page on the story, he would do a page on the story. We did that when we were kids. That was, uh, that was kind of cool, because you saw the difference, the way every. The different, what am I trying to say? You know, the, the comparison. Yeah. Yep, the comparisons in your uh, technique, like your line work and shit. Oh, yeah. But then he went way past me because he really got into it. And I had uh, started working at the base because I had my son. And I was, you know, I'd, I made some money at art, but not like doing comics. And, uh, then Tim did grip. 
I'm not sure if that was his first book, but he did Grips, and then they I remember got that. away from the company and did Faust. Mm-hmm. That's when he asked me to, to draw the backstory. Uh, <clears throat> did he want, I mean, was that like his idea to get you on a backstory? Yeah, because I had, uh, I had uh, been messing around with the Fritz Whistle character just on my own. And he said, oh, yeah, man, use that as a backstory. But yeah, I, that probably wasn't the right book to have the Fritz backstory because that was a modern, satanic uh, horror book. And mine was uh, more of a barbarian, almost like uh, Conan or uh, what would he be closer to? Uh, who was Storm Elric? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. That was more. That was more of that. So yeah, it should have been. It should have been a, a separate book. I didn't think it worked well in in Faust. I you know it's not that you guys were. It didn't seem like your styles were competing with each other ever either. But yeah, I, I agree. Like you definitely deserved your own hardcover. You know, uh, I would have liked to have seen the same kind of uh, display for your book presented that. Tim had for his, but it's cool that you guys had done the few bumper stories, and then what? You ended up in the army. Is that what happened? And you kind of got pulled out of the uh, deal. I was in the air force, but I was in the air force oh, okay. early, like I said, just before uh, Vietnam ended. I was supposed to go over, but then they canceled all that because I was a medic, and. Uh, and I, I spent my whole time in the United States. I never went anywhere. I was at Shepherd. I was at March. I was at, and then my final base was Edwards, and I did a lot of rocket testing shit. You did? I was a guinea pig. Oh, that's, they, wow. They put me through a lot. Like what? You want to share some of that, or are you like, fuck that? <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't that long. I mean, I rode the gyroscope. I rode a rocket sled. I, I did a lot of stuff. And I, just because I was so fucking bored, I wanted I, I had to do something. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds pretty amazing, though. It was fun. Not too many people get to do that shit. No, hell no. You didn't. That's pretty cool, that... There was some wild stuff on that base. Yeah, what was the craziest shit you saw on there? Oh, uh, when the F-111s were, were just being uh, uh, brought out, uh, I saw them. I, I was in the hangar on the flight lines. I saw those before they ever got out. That was, those were pretty wild. Uh, I saw, like I said, the rocket sled. I got it. I got to ride the gyro, and then the fucking idiot was supposed to hold me up because you don't have any <laughs> when you get out of there, and he didn't hold me up, and I landed right on my face. Oh, flattered my knee. Uh, there's a there's a lot of stuff going on out there. There's some stuff I can't talk about. But there was a yeah. There was it was fun. What was that? The smoking weed with aliens. <laughs> Huh? You can't talk about the time you smoked the bong hits with the aliens on the base? Is that what the... <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, when I was in service, uh, I 
I'm, a lot of people smoke dope, but I never got in. I never smoked dope, but I ate speed like it was candy. <laughs> Did that help you with like? What was was that helping you with pain at that time, or was it just recreational? No, that was that was because we were doing uh, these uh, weird shifts, sixteen on, sixteen off. Oof! God damn. And we are we were, everybody was fucked up. <laughs> we were just like popping uh, black beauties left and right. And then when we'd actually get a day off, we'd eat a bunch of ass and just sit around the barracks freaking out. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking awesome, dude. What am I trying to say? With the army man or the... Uh, the uh, Soldier is straight laced. Jerry, you're out of your motherfucking mind. These guys did drugs like most people drink water. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine, yeah. man. Oh yeah, that was it was pretty incredible. We had a guy named I can't, I shouldn't say his name, but uh, he he was a, a a medic, but he used to go the rounds with his tray. With his medic underneath the tray. For all these drugs, this stuff I room on, yeah, you know, I want a couple of black beauties, you want a, there's uh, a yellow jacket, and we pay him and he take off. We're like, Jesus Christ, what is going on here? <laughs> That's amazing. How long were you in there for? Like a couple of years, not long, or? Yeah, I was only in for a couple of years. A couple of years. I got my, I got my honor, honorable, and I got out. And then you stole that magic genie lamb from Captain Nielsen. <laughs> And everything turned upside down. So what are you working on right now, uh, comic-wise? Is that cool to ask? Yeah, I'm working on Simbuck, the sequel to uh, Gunfighters. There's seven issues done. It's a 12-issue series, and I'm on... Oh, wait, no, I got issue eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. I think I'm on issue nine, but I'm almost done with this entire series, finally. Took long enough. Mm. I got ninety-one. I've done. I've done a prequel called Original Sin, and now we're doing Simbuck, and that'll be it. That should be it for Gunfighter. That'll be it. Yeah. That's amazing. How long did it take you to do just uh, that chunk right there that you've got out right now with the uh, similar? How long has it taken? Yeah, or like, uh, yeah, how much, how, what are you averaging like a, a page, you know, like how many hours or days? It just depends if it's like a splash or if it's paneled. Yeah, because panels, for me anyway, panels uh, take longer. Splash pages come real easy to me. But, uh, I'm the same way. I'm the same way. Yep. You're pa- you're, when I'm doing panels, I'm trying to do different types of panels, how to do break, uh, break down the walls of the panels, uh, run characters in and out through different panels. So I'm, uh, it takes me a long time to set up a page. But uh, uh, when you do a splash page, especially when I do the double splashes, shit, those, take, those don't take hardly any time. I mean, yeah, of course, it's going to be a day or two, but. A, a, a panel page might even take me up to four or five days to do, where the splash pages are just come out naturally. They just flow out. Mm-hmm. 
I, I feel it, man. I feel it. Uh, that's cool. Yeah, I just started working on a book, and then uh, I got about nine pages in, and then I got discouraged. Um, and I feel like... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, I'm not. I was going to say, I've done that before. Mm-hmm. Ten pages into it, and then you're like, yeah, this ain't working out. But you liked the storyline, too, right? But it was just how you were tackling it? Uh, right. Mm-hmm, me too. A lot of my new books, I only, I'll draw it before I write it. I'll have like a basic outline and then I, I, I'll i draw all the pages before I even write the dialogue. If, I, if I'm writing it, if my partner, if uh, Dave is writing, he writes a script before I, I start uh, uh, drawing. But if I'm writing a book like Doc, when I did Doc, I would draw the entire thing before I even got around to uh, dialoguing it out. You would just kind of panel it out, storyboard it. Right. That's kind of how what Stan Lee said about Jack Kirby. Oh shit! I guess someone got elected. I just heard a some. I just heard a gunshot outside, Joe. Sorry, I was like, someone must have got elected. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh god. We'll see. This is going to be interesting for the next couple of days if they don't find a clear winner. Oh God! I am ju- I'm staying out of it. <laughs> I'm fucking staying out. All you guys can kill each other. I will be here drawing. Yep, I'm with you, Joe. I'm with you, man. You know, I. Uh, it was funny too, because right when, um, right when I started putting out my books, uh, was right when Fritz was out as a bumper story in Faust. But I was totally just more in Tex Avery style cartoon land. Right. But they're all on acid and Robitussin, you know, smoking crack enemas, shit like that. Uh, you know, all the fun stuff that you don't get to really do anymore. No. <laughs> the, uh... You know, when Faust broke down the barriers, and I don't give a fuck what anybody else says, Faust broke down the barriers the conference. Yeah, it did. Oh, man, Faust was, like, fucking brutal, man. I I mean, (laughs) I remember, like, being horny, but just being, like, mortified at the same time. I think I was hortified. Did you ever see uh, E.O.? Which one? When Tim Tim and uh, uh, his writing partner put out a book called E.O. I do remember that. Yeah, I remember that. Because if you thought Faust was fucked up, EO made that look like a Disney project. I don't know why I can't, I don't keep that EO in my mind as much as Faust. I think it was just more the the way Faust reminded me of this kind of morbid Wolverine motherfucker, you know? Oh yeah, well I agree. Um, they did variations on Wolverine all through their 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 run like they did grip was basically wolverine yep uh then faust and then i think they did shoots of faust like singa's talons that chick had uh, claws so yeah there was a bunch of them like that 
but Buck and Wolverine wasn't spouseless. Slaughtered Wolverine. Oh yeah. Well, I, I could I could definitely see some like kind of Marvel uh, style on on Faust when I was a kid, but I think for the most part, both you and Tim had really cool original styles. And uh, I remember that would be you guys' book would be the first shit I'd and I looked forward to seeing that Fritz bumper, but uh, I do remember thinking like, yeah, I'm ready to see this book or whatever. Do you feel like is that something you would go back and reconsider in time? Maybe I got two books right now that I want I want to do uh, so. I, I like Fritz, and we did a book of it. Yeah, I was wondering. Do you still feel like? Do you like Fritz still? <laughs> oh, yeah. That's that good. Was, we had uh, um, a story that we were going to do a crossover with Fritz Whistle and Cuda. Remember Cuda? Yeah, I do. I, I haven't thought about it until just now, but yep, I definitely do, man. Yeah, they they're they're in, in a uh, sea battle with pirates and uh, whoever I can't remember who. And they get their ship gets sunk, and Kuda and Fritz end up on a, a uncharted uh, island, and uh, it's full of vampires. And uh, that was gonna that would have all the backgrounds. You know, I think there's probably five or six books I did all the backgrounds on, and Tim was gonna do the characters, but for some reason we he never got around to it. And that I, that would still be a good book. To, to bring out. It sounds pretty sweet, dude. That motherfucker was wild. Did he get into uh, like books like Danzig's books or uh, Hart Fisher's books like uh, Boneyard Press and shit like that? I think Tim did some. I, do, I worked on some of the uh, Danzig books. What'd you work on? Uh, Veronica. What was the other one? What's the red chick? Oh, uh, I can't fucking remember. I can't remember, but yeah, it, Tim would do the characters. I did the backgrounds on those. And then Danzig hired you, or what? Well, he hired Tim, and then Tim hired me because Tim didn't want to do the background. Oh, okay. Uh, you, he, you, you got the bounce back or the. Yeah. Yeah. I got. They, there was a big. I get along with Danzig. I like Danzig. I get along with. Yeah, him. he's a good dude. Go, go at it at a comic book uh, convention, and uh, I'm glad that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> Why? What? I gotta hear this. No, they uh, a group, uh, another comic company had I had done backgrounds for them, and they didn't credit me. I fucking pissed me off. I, you don't credit me is worse than not paying me as far as I'm concerned. So that happened. And in the same fucking week, all this work I had done for Danzig on the, uh, the one of the, I think it was that chick, the red girl. Uh, but I don't remember her name, but I know he did a couple books. Again, he didn't, I didn't get my credit. And I fucking lit into him on the phone, man. I said, what the fuck? How hard is this? I told you three times. And uh, uh, he got he got all pissed off. So I, he goes, uh, "I'll meet you at uh, San Diego Comic Con." Fuck yeah, anytime you want. So 
we get to Comic-Con and everybody's talking about this shit when I get there and go, who the hell went around telling people that me and dad had a, a problem? Yeah, who? I don't know who but you know, everybody, oh, Danzig, you're going to fight Danzig? Like, get the fuck <laughs> and then I walked up, to, I waited for a little while and I walked up to his table. Yeah. I said, hey, when Glenn gets back here, I told I told him where my table was. I said, anytime he wants to come over there, come on over. So everybody, I'm I'm sitting there signing books and shit, and here he comes down. But he's with this was it one or two other guys, but he's with these guys. They come up, so I get up. I thought we were going to go out and back, and uh, he gets this one guy. He says, he goes, this is the guy that forgot your name on the book. He goes, and he made the guy apologize to me. He gave me some books. He said he would fix it. Shook my hand, left. I was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> and that was that was it. That's the whole story. But everyone to this day thinks that I beat him up. Oh well. Like, what is wrong with you two? Danzig's listening to this show right now, going, oh. <laughs> "Probably." <laughs> I keep telling us, knock it off. I get along good with Glenn. Yeah. Nope. You, yeah. And uh, I did a show with uh, his uh, head of security, uh, Russ McKay. He's a good friend of mine in L.A. And uh, yeah. we did the Halloween episode where he got to tell me about people that were stalking Danzig, you know, and stuff like that. Um, and it's really popular <clears throat> for people to put out these memes and these, you know, Facebook groups and just launch into him just kind of just tear him a new one on this uh you know making fun of him or whatever i'm sure he's just so prone to it but uh one of the things that they were always talking about were uh was the fun 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 fest or whatever <laughs> and they were, oh the guy wanted uh he got sick or some shit you know that's what the story was he got sick and uh wanted uh french onion soup or <laughs> It didn't happen, though, and the guy got to clear it up on the show, and it was nice to, you know, get the Danzig, you know, defense show kind of going, inadvertently, but it was a great Halloween show. Guys, go back and listen to that, season three now. Now we're on season four. Oh, you hear that? That was the guy, what, what, was, what was the guy group that, was that the North Kings or the North, who was the guy that knocked him out at, in the back after the uh, concert? See, I I saw I heard about it, but I saw the footage, but then it kind of just cuts off when, because you know Danzig is like some kung fu motherfucker. I mean, he could get the fuck up and beat your ass. He's a black belt, yeah. Yeah. He, uh, um, Danzig grabbed that guy and slammed him against the wall, and that guy took a a whopping uh, or a looping right. On that video, it, it's clear that he just fucking got a nice, clean shot on Glenn. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. And then I saw that I saw an interview with that guy on another show, and he was talking about that. And uh, I was like, wow, man. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. I mean, you got to have some balls anyways, but, I mean, you got already, man. It's just like... <clears throat> Like my friend said on the show, he must have not pressed charges on the guy um, because, you know. He didn't press charges because he jumped him first. 
I wonder what happened with that. What it, I don't know, man. You know, these guys, they get, it's so... Well, that guy, those guys had come down to play... Technical. Yeah. And, and then, uh, I guess, it went long or something, but dancing says ended the concert. They had told those guys they could play at the end. And this is just from what I heard. And then, uh, uh, then they just shut down the concert. And these guys had come a long way. And that's what he went in the back when Glenn was signing to ask him what was going on. And then I don't know what was said, but that's when Glenn jumped up and grabbed him. But yeah, I might have been pissed too if I come 100, 200 miles and I don't get to play. Uh, but you know, shit happens. What are you gonna do? I mean, that's rock and roll anyway. You know, I guess, and it happens in every field. You know, have you been like? Yeah, it's just like uh, you're heavyweight. You know, you've uh, you've done the the time in the in the industry, man. You know, um, you. I'm sure you've got a couple stories of just. You haven't said yet, <laughs> but if you want to, uh, please feel free, man. We're at a halfway point in the show right now, and uh, we got some time to kill. If you got an edible, you might as well go ahead and chew it. And you guys out there, <laughs> if you got anything to smoke or chew, I don't encourage uh, the drinking, because I think it turns people fucking into uh, idiots, personally. Not you know, but, uh, it does. You know, but, you know. I've gone to a signing... Uh, where it's been all the fucking nobody was ready for it and shit and you're like Jesus Christ man you've had two or three months to get this ready yeah uh, yeah there's been a couple I nothing too bad though I've never gone like on a war or a state to state tour I know when Faust first came out Jim and uh, our buddy Rich they they took off I think in a van and went state to state. They had all these signings lined up. I've never done that. I don't even know if I could do that. Sounds pretty rad. That's the that's how you would do it too, man. You know, I kind of did it that way. I would just uh, hitchhike though. Oh really? Yeah, I'd go from state to state and then end up at cons and weirdo signings, and eventually I ended up in uh, SF and. Or you know, for people who hate SF, San Francisco, uh, in two thousand um, five, and I went to the Cartoon Museum there. Have you ever been there off Fifth and Howard? I've been to. I don't know if I've been to the Cartoon Museum. I've been to the museum that's by the big park. What's the name of that museum there? Uh... <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure if I've been to the Cartoon Museum though. Yep, that. Oh, no, go ahead. Uh, that I was just gonna say. That's where I got met up with uh, a little outfit called the Mad Happies, and uh, I had come in and I was like, "Hey, is there any such thing as any underground, you know, comics or newspapers coming out of San Francisco right now?" And he's like, "It's weird that you ask, man, because two months ago, until two months ago, there wasn't, and now there is." And he goes, maybe you should contact these guys. And he handed me a full-length newspaper that totally reminded me of, you know, Yarrow stocks or these old-ass undergrounds that would have come out in the, you know, right at the two years after the birth of the Marvel Universe, basically. You know, yeah. and uh, you got Yarrow stocks or Gothic blimp works, you know, just 
This is called Mad Happies. And it was cool because I actually did get to uh, talk to Spain over the phone. Did you like Spain, Rodriguez? Yeah. Oh, fucking loved that guy, man. It's still, you know, rest in peace. I don't know how long it's been, but I heard him, and he was teaching at an elementary school. He was teaching art at an elementary school, and I was eating a steak sandwich with Ron Turner <laughs> from Last Gasp. And, uh, and he called up Spain, and he was like, Hey, Spain, you ever heard of these guys, Mad Happies? And he's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it sounded like uh, Top Cat, you know, <laughs> or like the cast off Top Cat. Uh, but I remember that, you know, they threw down a... Ron was generous and kicked us down an ad and uh, 50 bucks, <laughs> you know, and a steak sandwich. I got a steak sandwich out of it. It was good. Yeah. Steak sandwich, that's good for me. And his name was the White Buffalo. How weird that he came up. Because I remember going to the Christmas party, and uh, and uh, he said, uh, he was stoned as shit, man. And he was like, my spirit name is the White Buffalo. <laughs> and, that's, and that's what I'm smoking right now, so <laughs> what a coincidence, huh? The spirit has risen. Anyway, that was my uh, last gasp story I uh, wanted to share with you. One of them. One of them. Smoked a joint with Gilbert Shelton there, too, you know. Did you ever see that uh, thing with the uh, Fabulous Furry Freak Brothers animated? No, I've never seen animated anything they did. Uh, with uh, John Goodman's voice and Woody Harrelson's voice. And they were oh, trying... It. Yeah, they're trying to give it this fucking green light, man. And it, it actually looks good, but I, you know, I think the problem is with major enthusiasts that just grew up with the the fabulous furry man and and you know their discrepancy with uh wanting to have it outside the fucking news i'm like dude put that shit on fucking adult swim man yeah exactly you know what's wrong you got rick and morty over there if you can show rick and morty you can show anything i always wondered why matt graining never did life in hell black and white for adult swim oh that would be cool oh god what a no-brainer what a no-brainer. Yeah. <laughs> guy would have been like a billion dollars richer right now. You know? Yeah. Adult Swim, that's a good, that's a good network. I would like yeah. to see Fritz on that shit. That, I mean, it's a platform that could, you know, do a lot of stuff. If you went the way of animation, have you ever thought about that? Or is it just too big of a thing, you know? Actually, on Gunfighters, like these guys, these... Uh guys are trying to get it uh, made into a film, but they were talking about animation too, and I've been talking about not, I don't think it would work in movies because it's just too much. It would probably be more of a series. And, uh, but hell, I'll take the movie if anybody gets <laughs> wants to produce it. You guys are listening to this shit out there, man. This is hot property, you know. Uh, <laughs> If I had the funds, believe me, I'd be like, come on, let's go. And then work with both, both you. Uh, both gunfighters and dog are Exactly. But we'll see. They've been there for a long time. I've had contracts in my hands. And like you said before, Ed, this shit doesn't mean anything. Until you got the money in your fucking bank account, don't believe it. Motherfucker, that is the law of Hollywood. Yep. Do not believe it, because contracts don't mean shit. 
Nope, they don't. And they always got some invisible writing on their ass. Oh yeah, you better have. You gotta have a. You don't want to be the only one that reads that contract. You better get yourself a lawyer. How you know what? And it's really as simple as just copywriting your shit. You know, and right. you you can James Bond copyright it, and it still holds up as long as you can. You know, as long as you can prove it. You know that you've had that that long. Doesn't uh, does the copyright? You have to redo it every like ten years or something like that, right? You know what I? I kind of yeah, I I think so. There is like a you have to re-register, but if you get through the uh, Amer the Writers Guild, which is off of uh, Fairfax down there across from CBS, that uh, you can uh, register there, and even though it expires in the five years. It's forever in the database. You just have to, that, yeah. I know that if when you do your indicia in your comic, uh, that used to be a copyright once you had your indicia and it was published. But I don't think it works that way anymore. I think you literally have to go through copyright office now. Yeah. Well, you can still hold up a James Bond copyright. You remember that one? Right. You uh-huh. you mail it to yourself and then you don't open it. You never open it, right? And it's post dated, yeah. Um, but I think I'm. It's about. I think it's about time. I probably should copyright Gunfighters and Dog and Chris Whistle and all that shit again. It's been a little while. You know, man. It's uh, it's it's it can't hurt, right? <laughs> Because somebody, somewhere along the line, you're going to be going, I should have fucking copyrighted. <laughs> oh, my God. I had that problem with, uh, you know, before I got officially, you know, set with my dudes. You know, I had a character that was a, he's half pizza and half alarm clock, you know. And uh, right. he's like this iconic looking, you know, dude. But, uh I remember I, I drew it for one pizza place, and that was how it kind of started. And uh, I was on acid. It was like 94, and uh, they were like, and my friend was working at, he was slinging pies over there. And he was like, oh, my friend draws over here, you know, and he was very supportive at that time. And uh, so the the man and the woman that owned the place, because they went through a series of owners. And it was just some loose property, you know, title. Um, and uh, they had ads running out of the Colorado Daily in Boulder. And that whole place was just soaked with LSD at that time, you know. Um, so everybody was. I was. And they were like, well, we want you to do an ad. So the first time I did what I did a head, like a pizza head. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it looks like just some hippie pizza head with a you know the Hendrix you know headband around it just a slice or whatever and then the second one is uh I did the Charles Manson one and it looks like and he's all hey man I'm free on Mondays <laughs> and then the and then they were like oh everybody's loving it man but you know we need something new you gotta do something else so I was sitting back and I just what time is it and I look at my little alarm clock and then the my pizza came, and I was looking at the clock, and the 
pizza and the clock and the pizza. I was like fucking pepperoni pizza clock, and that was the that was the dick that I created. That you know, but uh, yeah, and uh, they it went popular, and a bunch of the Boulder High kids that it was like the high school across the street in Boulder, and they were like, oh my, the, the ugly pizza. That's what they called it. <laughs> And they were like, we got to come see the ugly pizza. Who's drawing the ugly pizza? And it drew all these kids in to come get in, get their little personal 8-inch pizzas or whatever. And they were just flooding it with business because of that little cartoon. I always felt like, you know, that was, that's what I would do, you know, on Adult Swim is, you know, characters like that or the, just the whole acid-based. I always try to stay LSD-based in my comics. I thought it was important. You know, like, I thought it was important to have them dripping with acid. I remember before I did uh, acid, my comics didn't have the same... They were still punk as fuck, and they had a cool line, but the line definitely changed. And I felt, you know, you saw Crumb, right? Yeah. Uh, And he's describing how, you know, this, uh, after he took the acid... He he got all fuzzy and things started getting all distorted, and uh, I was like, "That's when my shit started just getting all squishier." <laughs> so there's that cartoonist uh, relation, you know, the the comic book artist relation with psychotropics and shit like that. I haven't really talked about it necessarily on the show, but here we are. Yeah. That's a, I'm doing a book called Lords of Oblivion, and it's it's kind of based off of when I was dropping acid in the service. I mean, it's not anything about the service, but I saw some weird shit on acid, and I'm trying to put it in That's awesome. Oh, man. Like, what, what was... Do you remember, like, some of the shit you... We were having a party up on... Uh, it was a double-decker uh, building, and uh, I had my my bunk was up on the uh, top deck. And, you know, you, it was like little apartments, but you lived in that place. We're having a party up there, and I ate some window pane. <sighs> and I, it's been an hour, and then nothing, man. I'm like, nothing. I'm not tripping or nothing. And I go to go into this buddy of mine's room. I open the door, and as I open the door, the fucking ceiling just starts melting and drips. Oh. And I close the door real fast. And I'm like, what the fuck? I open the door, and I'm looking around, and out in the hallway where everybody's, you know, drinking beer and having fun, it's nothing. I open that door again, the ceiling's just dripping down in these big globs. And I was okay. <laughs> I'm going to go into my room and just lay down. That freaked me out. Did things keep dripping suddenly or, you know? It, 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 it started getting more like uh, wavy and stuff once I got into my room. And I laid down, but you couldn't, like, go to sleep because everything was wavy. And I was getting kind of uh, uh, upset. So I just, I just sat there. Yeah. I don't know how long I sat in my room, but I just sat there while looking around. And the only other time I really had a really big trip 
my fiance, I had dropped, the, or I ate a, a half, no, a gram and a half of mushrooms. And I laid down on the couch and I turned off all the lights and put on Pink Floyd. All right. Nobody didn't find me for an hour. So, okay, cool. Oh, hell no. She calls me up and goes, my sister's in town. You got to come over to Epi. I'm saying, I, I can't come over there. <laughs> now, but I didn't tell her what I did. Yeah. I just thought, I really can't come over there. And she'd go, oh, you got it. And they're only here for one day. I got on my motorcycle and drove about, I don't know, 10 miles to the Epis, and it was the wildest ride ever. Nice. That's awesome. That's the dumbest shit I've ever done. (laughs) At the tires, I'm going, are they on the ground? (laughs) That's amazing. Oh man, I got to I went to the restaurant and there's cops sitting right across from us. I can't help but giggle. I know they they had to know I was fucked up, but I kept telling Lori, looking at me, and then I just start laughing. And she's like, "Oh shit, she knew." <laughs> she knew, man. Oh yeah, she knew. She came back later because they all took off, and I'm just drinking coffee like a motherfucker at the. Uh, bar, just drinking all this coffee. She come back and go, "You can't. How did you get here? I said, on the bike?" She's like, "I thought you could punch them." <laughs> get him. Whoa, fuck! <laughs> That's amazing. Oh man, this is a uh, been a it's been a pleasure to have you on the show and be able to talk about shit here, man, and. uh it's been a crazy time here on Earth, dude. <laughs> <laughs> to say the least, but um, I uh, definitely am ripped tonight and thankful uh, for this moment, you know, just to be a little philosophical, I guess, because moments seem to be more precious than what people are recognizing, you know? I just want to be like, well, I got a breath left in me. <laughs> what can I tell you? <laughs> you know, yep. and I got a cool ass, uh, you know, show with you, man. I, it's been pretty fucking awesome. I wanted to ask you, uh, um, right now, outside your book uh, that you're working on and what you're doing. What is, what are so, do you have any favorite comics at all, dude? Because I kind of dropped out. I don't really give a fuck. I don't know what's out there anymore. My favorite comic book used to be like uh, Sergeant, uh, Sergeant Rock. Oh, yeah. Was doing, um, anything Kirby did. I was a, I was a giant Kirby fan. I, yeah, you, you, you figure if it was modern comics, yeah, I read Faust. I read my brother's book. I read... Uh, Actually, all the books that were in Rebel Studios were all pretty good. Rebel, yep. Um, let's see. Uh, but modern books, I liked Bone. I always liked Bone for some reason. You like? Did you meet? You met Jeff Smith and shit. Yeah. And he was cool. Was, was he a cool dude? Yeah, he was cool. I met him at a, a, a comic book signing at A One Comics. 
because A1, they were real big fans of Bone. He's the guy that owned that comic book store, was the one that said, I should read it. Uh, but modern, I don't, I haven't seen anything I really like anymore. Can I ask you, uh, oh, sorry. I was going to ask you what your favorite uh, Kirby books were. Oh, shit. Thor. I love Thor. Thor's always been my favorite comic book uh, character. But Fantastic Four, the new gods. In oh, fuck yeah. Fucking new gods were uh, uh, <laughs> now we're opening up a can of Kirby worms here at the end. Might as well, right? Because Kirby's the fucking awesomest shit. I agree. I'm like, you know, man, fucking Jack Kirby. Um, and you know, just the cons that was I was talking about. I haven't even brought up one conspiracy, but that would be the conspiracy. I know I was going to, and I never did. Um, here's the hour gone by, but you know, last ten. But the. Uh, Anyway, what um, what was it I was going to say? Like, Stan Lee, right? Uh, that's the conspiracy. He took the secret to the grave. He didn't create shit. Yeah, they both, they, I wouldn't say that. Uh, I, but they, they both fed off each other. They both, that, that company is because of Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. Now, Jack Kirby did almost all the character designs on every fucking character, at least in the beginning. Yeah. And he, he, Kirby was more important than Stan Lee, but Stan Lee... Commercial-wise was more important than Jack Kirby. Right. He was, he, he had his shit together, how to sell the book, how to... Uh, not prioritize, but to put them out uh, and uh, he was the he was the brains behind all that. But Jack Kirby was the one that created almost everything you know, that in the sixties, anyway. You know, I I always thought that what was uh, Stan Lee's uncle Martin Goodwin was that his name? Archie Goodwin. Was that his uncle who left him uh, Marvel? Is that the deal? I think so. And uh, okay, well, he's from the old, the old school mob when the, the mob was putting out the comics, right? Because uh, you know it was like Buster Brown, Yellow Kid, Little Nemo. You know Vince Coletta, the anchor of uh, Jack Kirby on uh, Thor. Vince Coletta was the anchor. He his dad was in the mob. See, I think that Stan Lee's uncle was too, like Martin or whatever. I thought that was his name, but. I thought that he was like had a mob mentality, you know. That's how I always pictured it. And like Stan Lee would have been almost scared into the business to have to do it the way that his uncle said to do it, you know. I always heard because I was working for Chuck Rosansky at Mile High Comics in in Denver. And a lot of these dinosaur guys that were around at that time in the mid '90s that have passed away by now. But um, they would tell these stories about, you know, Stan Lee, you know, oh yeah, he was sitting on the, he was sitting on the stairs at Marvel crying, because all they had was Dayton Comics and Cowboy Comics, and Jack Kirby had come back to pick up his work from Captain America 20 years previously, and, and, uh, and he was like, you know, he was coming out on the stairs and shit, and Stan Lee was crying, 
And Jack Kirby was like, what's wrong, Stan? And he's like, I can't run this fucking company off kitty books. <laughs> and that was the, that was when, you know, he was, Jack was already in cahoots with uh, Steve Ditko. Right. And so they already, they were able to do the amazing adventures. He did do Daredevil, though. I thought, right? He was on the original, you know, eight issues. Or he made—I think he made up Daredevil the way Daredevil looked in the beginning when he was the yellow costume. Then he turned to the red, and I think that was Gene Colan. Uh huh. Yep. That actually, could have been Wally Wood. One of them. Wally. I thought it was Wally. Actually, maybe. Could have been Wood. Could have been Wood. Uh, Say it again. I said one of my all-time favorite artists, Wally Wood. Man. Oh man! Incredible shit. Damn, just so uh, all over the fucking board, man. I mean, he could do all kinds of styles, all kinds of shit. Well, he, he went from kitty uh, fantasy stories to hardcore uh, uh, sex and violence stories, and he could do them like just blink, and he was doing another. Uh, different type of uh, story. His stuff was incredible. And Rusty did that too. Rusty did a lot of uh, sex and uh, violence uh, books that were almost underground. And hardly anybody ever saw them, but they were great, man. What was some of the shit he did? I can't remember the, the magazine that he put out, but there was one about a cop uh, who was in a wheelchair. And the first time I saw someone who threw violence and blood that it looked actually real. And I can't remember, Ken's got it somewhere. He's got those magazines. But like Wally Wood did Canon. There's tons of titties in that. Uh, they, they both worked uh, uh, some pretty hardcore stuff. I don't know how much money you made back then. You probably had to do whatever you could get uh, your hands on. Oh, yeah. Scraps, man. You know what I mean? That's, nothing's changed. <laughs> you know. I mean, I get 200 bucks a page to draw a page. Damn. You know, goddamn, well, they were doing drawing and inking for a lot less than that. Shit. I want 200 fucking bucks a page. I'll be fucking cranking out 10 pages a day like the original timely bullpen. Maybe I figure out how many pages I got to do to pay rent and, uh, and uh, pay bills, and then fuck it, I got other shit to do. Mm, <laughs> I know it, man. That... That's, that's lazy. <laughs> what, was your, uh, what was your favorite cartoon on, on television? Johnny Quest. I would have never fucking guessed that. No, the original. Back in the 60s, first time I ever saw somebody get killed on a cartoon, I was like, oh shit, I was impressed. Okay, that... Johnny Quest uh -huh. is a... Johnny Quest is a Mandela effect, right? That's a conspiracy. That's conspiracy. Uh, really? 
Yeah, well, it's it's a phenomenon where time's broken, and there's like you know a different version of the same thing. Uh, you never heard of the Mandela effect? No. That's okay. What the reason they call it that just briefly is because, according to statistics, a lot of people remember Nelson Mandela dying at different times. Uh. Three different times. And I think it was after the second time he had died <clears throat> that the term comes up. But then specifically in 2013, when he actually died, dies. And so if he dies again, it'll be four times. <laughs> but I don't think he's going to die again. But people remember this. Um, this thing, you know. So there's a Mandela effect test where you go back and you ask specific questions. You want to take a little Mandela test real fast? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Uh, it's just usually products, movies, crap like that. Lines from movies. There's no wrong or right answer according to this conspiracy theory if you remember it one way or if you remember it another. Okay. There's the shit bomb, guys. Hold on. Ugh. We got five minutes to take the test and then we're out of here. I'm going to give you a few of them. Okay, Star Wars. You're a Star Wars fan, or at least know the original three movies, like... I know the original three. Um, okay, was it... No, I am your father, or was it Luke, I am your father? Empire. I think it was the first one. It was no, okay. Um, Ed McMahon, did he deliver uh, checks for Publishers Clearinghouse? Do you remember this commercial? Yeah, I remember him on the commercial. I don't know if he ever delivered the check. <laughs> but you remember him holding this big old... Uh, oh, yeah, I remember, I remember that when I was a kid. Um, is it Sally Field or Sally Fields? Sally Field or Sally... What is her name? Sally Field. It's Sally Field, right? That's what it is. All right, now, the Ed McMahon one? It never, it never happened. He never had a, he never had a check. He never delivered for Publishers Clearinghouse sweepstakes, and he never delivered a big check. Okay, I, was he on the commercials? I remember him being on the commercials, and a lot of people do. But according to the timeline, he he worked for a different uh, American Family Publishing or something like that. Ooh, okay. Because I remember him on a commercial. I thought it was Publishers Clearinghouse, but maybe, I guess not. Okay. And then uh, Kit Kat, right? And I was like, does it have a hyphen or not, right? Kit Kat bars. I don't think it has a hyphen. It never, yep, it never did. Okay. Uh, and then uh, I guess what was the last one was, uh, you know, do you remember the comedian Sinbad? Yeah. Did he make... A genie movie called Shazam. Yeah, he, he made a genie movie, right? Or was that Shaq? Well, uh, okay, Shaq did make a genie movie, but did he make one at around the same time, like right after that? Because you guys would have been putting out Fausta still or whatever, too. I think Simbad uh, made a genie movie. Okay, well, he didn't do that. And what they did was they, half the people in in New York City and Times Square remembered him making the the genie movie 
and exact right. uh, they asked exactly five thousand people, and it was split exactly down half uh, oh, really? at Times Square. Decide that he did. I swear, I can see him in a like a GD costume. He was. <laughs> you know what happened is he heard so much about it. People ended up, you know, he ended up telling his agents now in the future. And then he just made one in 2014, but you and I remember this 1995 back of the diamond catalog bullshit, you know, where all the junk was. <laughs> and that's where you saw that, you know, Sinbad uh, genie movie. But. Okay. But anyway, I, I got you on the test. I just wanted to say thank you, Joe. We got like a minute left, and I and thank you for being here, man. And I hope you guys out there in podcast land fucking love this shit. And uh, we're just rolling right along, Joe. Thank you for being a part of it, man. Appreciate your time today. You've been awesome, dude. All right. Well, thanks. All right. Well, we'll talk to you later. yep. Hold on the line, and uh, I'm gonna wrap it up. I'd like to thank you guys for joining me tonight. <laughs> That was awesome, man. Joe, you're awesome, dude. I uh, want you to come back. We'll try to get your brother on here, too. That would be awesome to have the little Faust episode. All right, guys. Well, I've been recovering since my uh, 72-hour hold. <laughs> and I'm nannying again. And there's some positive stuff coming out of my life. I won't lie. And I won't lie. It's been hard, dude. Um... But my life is, uh, and your life, is worth so much, man. Look, if you're feeling evil, take an example from fucking Joe and his brother, and just keep the evil in the comics. Let everybody else play the fool on the outside. I know, it's hard not to want to get revenge. <laughs> you're preaching to the choir, dude. But if you can... Trust the friends you have. And if they're real, they'll be there for you. And if they're not, they won't. Until next time, gang. Take care of your PTSD. Smoke a weed. Eat a salted caramel edible. <laughs> Read some Wally Wood. And tune in to the next AAMD GED. Underground Cartoon Therapy. Copy that.